Hi again everyone and welcome to East Redland Anglican for this sixth Sunday after Pentecost or the 4th of July 2021. Today our Gospel reading is from the Gospel of Mark chapter 6 verses 1 to 13 and in that Gospel reading we have the crowd questioning Jesus's ministry uh, and it looks like from the story that that's based on what they thought they knew of him as a carpenter and the son of Mary etc. Today we're talking about how the projections of others can impact our own ministry. So sit back, relax and enjoy. The Lord be with you. And also with you. The Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark, chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Glory, Glory to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus left that place and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, Where did this man get all of this? What is this wisdom that, he's been, that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and, jo and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offence at him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honour except in their, own in their hometown and among their own kin, and in their own house. And he could, not do, he could do no deed of power there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went about among the villagers teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two, and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to, put, and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you please be seated. It's interesting when I look back 
when I first started telling people about my desire to be a priest and observing how they reacted. Uh, obviously, the parish I was in at the time when I was up at Manly, uh, they didn't react quite the same as other people. Uh, and some of the people that were a part of the parish um, then are part of the parish here now. So they weren't overly surprised and they didn't sort of um, react quite in the way that others did. But I remember one in particular who I spoke to on the phone one day after having not seen her since high school. Um, I managed to catch up with her um, through Facebook and we managed to get in contact with each other and I told her that I'd been ordained and that I was now a priest in the Anglican Church and there was a silence on the other end of the phone. Now what I'd like to say is that that silence on the other end of the phone was because she was now having a moment of infused enlightenment but the reality was that the silence was because she'd known me as a teenager in high school. Um, and the combination of what she knew and priesthood didn't mix. Now, there are all sorts of reasons why that's the case and we could go into them, but I don't think any of that will be helpful. I was a teenage boy in the 80s. What more do you want? Um, but it didn't, didn't stop with her. Many people, both family and friends, and friends particularly from high school, so there's a bit of a theme there, people who had known me for a long time have struggled and continue to struggle with what I now do. So what we see here is a, is a scenario that most, I think, will have some degree of familiarity with because these many people knew me as I grew up. They thought they knew everything there was to know about me. But over many years, I had grown and matured. And as I said at 7.30, Terry may have something to say about that second thing. But I'd changed or moved on from where I had been. But in many respects, those others hadn't. They all knew that I'd gone on to higher education at university and done a degree in microbiology and biochemistry, but their protect, projections and understandings uh, about me were based on a life that, for me at least, no longer existed and I had moved on from. And we see the same sort of thing happening in today's Gospel. Jesus returns to his hometown. They already know of his reputation as a teacher and as a man of healing. They even witness and hear his wisdom and authority in the synagogues as he speaks to them. And they're all astonished. But like the people I've described, described in reference to my experience, they can't forget Jesus' beginnings. That little nipper who ran around the village. And it's a first century village in Palestine which had very fixed social ideas. So unlike the society I grew up in, and I suspect many others grew up in, there was no expectation in first century Palestine of doing better than one's parents, of getting ahead in life. If you were a carpenter or a fisherman, that was because your father was a carpenter or a fisherman, your grandfather and great-grandfather before had had those trades as well. A first century sense of family honour and respect required you to remain in your inherited status and to do otherwise would dishonour your family. But more than that, it was a very suspicious society. And we might say that nothing much has changed. But if you were a tradie or a fisherman, 
You didn't have time for philosophy and learning, and if you suddenly had time for philosophy and learning, that should be viewed very suspiciously. You learned your trade, and that would have been sufficient. And we can hear this almost indignant suspiciousness and ire when the crowd asks, and I paraphrase here, look, what's going on here? They're looking at Jesus, what's going on here? And in the text they ask, where did this man get all of this? What kind of wisdom has been given him? Is he not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters with us? And they took offence at him. You just know that they are thinking out of their past experience and social prejudices. And we see that reflected in the writings of Celsus, who's a second century opponent of Christianity. And he derided Christianity um, quite heavily for having a mere labourer as its founder. So you can see those cultural prejudices embedded in what the crowd is saying, particularly because this is Jesus' hometown, so naturally they think they know him better than anybody else. So the crowd seem to be saying that he cannot be what he seems, since they think they know who he is and where he's come from. So what is our Lord in the Gospel revealing to us today? What's relevant for us today? Our Lord is not one who comes to us as <clears throat> just some sort of magician or <clears throat> miracle worker who simply dazzles us with works of power. Importantly for us, when we look at Jesus, when we look at this scenario, God is hidden in the ordinary and in the everyday. And yet even right up to the last minutes of his life, people are still asking Jesus for the big miracle. And they say to him as he dies on the cross, come down from the cross that we may see and believe. I mean, I know that that's done in a very deriding way as we get to those narratives, but it's still that same sort of thing, that they won't believe until you've done some sort of miracle. But as I said, God is hidden in the ordinary and the everyday, in the birth, in the life and in the death of this man Jesus. This is what we mean when we say that in Jesus, God is present to us as a full and complete human being. If God is to totally enter into our human ex existence and into our life, it seems logical to me that he will be born to a particular family in a particular place and a particular time. Into the ordinariness and the routine and the rhythm of normal human life. So the whole crux of this story today is one of faith and discipleship. It's about a response to the life and teaching of Jesus. And it's made difficult for us and for many others because God joins us in the normal thread of life. And I think that even in our society today, we expect that, that um, super miraculous stuff. But the reality is God is in the normal thread of life. And that's the aspect only that these first century villagers saw. It's what Caiaphas and Pontius Pilate saw. They saw the commonplace aspects of his life and simply closed their hearts and minds off. Society does the same today. And I put this as a collective societal plural here. Our hindrance is being dismissive of the Gospels because we think we can sum our Lord up and explain him away 
because we have the sciences, because we have sociology, because we have historical analysis to assist us. And on our way to what uh, we like to think as rational objectivity, um, having been a science, scientist myself for many years, when people start talking about objective reality is the best uh, and subjective reality isn't, I'm always sceptical of that. Whether there is such a thing as true objectivity, I'm yet to be convinced of, because that's not necessarily how we engage in our human experiences. So the wonder of this is that in spite of rejection, rebellion and non-receptivity, which we see in our society today, and I mean, go and have a look at uh, a bookstore, uh, the bookstore religion section. If you go down to QBD or somewhere like that, have a look at the religion section, at the number of positive books on Christianity versus the number of negative books on Christianity. Or have a look at the total number of books dedicated to Christianity as a whole versus the number of books depicting other faiths and spiritual ideas. Um, so, in spite of rejection, rebellion and non-receptivity, um, God is always faithful, assuring us that, as in our first reading, that there will always be a prophet among us to teach us and to bring us new life. But where might that be, we ask? Well, while we find it easy, easier to confine encounters with God to the extraordinary, it seems that much of God's normative manner comes in the ordinary circumstances of our daily lives and in the human beings closest to us. So to make this more concrete, and this comes from some of my own experiences over the last little while, we may not do the mighty deeds of power of healing the sick, but we can surely visit them and bring a word of hope to them. We might not all be theologians of note, but we can speak from the heart the convictions of God's word in scripture, which we've heard over and over again. The reality is that we too are anointed prophets through baptism, through which we receive the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. We are empowered to do the mightiest of mighty deeds, to be the body of Christ, bringing Christ's risen presence into our broken world. But what will people say of us? They may indeed, because some of them may know us, they may indeed say many things. But through the life we choose to live in Christ, we will shock them, like my friends and my family, into taking a second look at who we are as we give ourselves for others. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That brings our podcast to an end for this week. If there's anything more you'd like to know about the parish, you can always check us out at our website, which is www.eastredlandanglican.com.au. You'll be able to find lots of links there to our Facebook page, to our Vimeo and YouTube channels, and to our Apple Podcast channel. You'll be able to go through the website there and find out any other information you want to know about our service times or baptisms and confirmations and things like that. Um, so check us out there, um, have a look, and if there's anything you need, please don't hesitate to send us an email or give us a call, um, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless.